This is episode 344 of the AWS podcast, released on November 21st, 2019. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Great to have you back. And we have a super, very, very special episode because it's the AWS Storage Day Podcast. And you can't have a Storage Day Podcast without Bill Vass, who is Vice President of Technology for Storage Automation and Management, amongst many other things. Welcome back to the podcast, Bill. Uh, thanks. Uh, great to be here. Very exciting to have you here because we are talking about a whole bunch of new storage things. Uh, so just to, I guess, contextualize, this is um, the AWS Storage Day where we're going to be announcing a number of storage capabilities across the portfolio. Now, AWS has been the leader in cloud storage for almost 14 years and we offer the broadest and deepest storage portfolio in the industry. What today's announcements are about is to really help enterprises, customers, big and small, on their cloud journey. You know, as you know, uh, about 90% of our roadmap is built from customer requests, what customers need to do. And storage, of course, is at the foundation of everything. And so Bill's going to share with us a lot of the new stuff that is available for customers that you've been asking for. So I'm pretty excited about it. Now, we're going to step through this service by service. So as you hear a service, you'll kind of get a feel for what it is. And also then Bill's going to share with us what is new. So let's start with the absolute foundation of all storage, which is Amazon S3, the simple storage service. This is by far the world's largest and it's the most popular object store in the cloud for unstructured data. It's also the number one choice for data lakes as well. And tens of thousands of data lakes are being run on top of S3. It also happens to be the most secure, most available and durable object storage. And this is really important because when you store data in S3, it gets striped across at least three facilities those facilities themselves are made up of multiple buildings and the facilities are 10 to 60 kilometers apart. So what you have is great protection against facility failure. When you're storing your data, you need it to be reliable, resilient, and durable. You want that data to be there. You get that out of the box with S3. You don't have to do anything. It just comes that way. We want you to be the most durable storage you can have without having to think about it. So Bill, based upon what that already does, what's new for S3? Yeah, so there's a lot of great, exciting uh, features coming on S3, but uh, one of the ones we're launching here at Storage Day is a new enhancement to S3 cross-region replication. So as you mentioned, for S3, and it's also true for EFS and for Glacier, it's stored across multiple facilities. So uh, you're protected against a facility loss. But there's a number of organizations out there that have compliance requirements to be a thousands of kilometer separation and other customers that have requirements to bring the data low latency close to their customers and keep it up to date all the time. So for that, we have uh, S3 cross-region replication and we offer a lot of functionality in our replication that's not available other places. Uh, you can replicate by bucket or object prefix or even tag level, object tag level replication, which is pretty exciting. And we offer the ability to replicate across regions. And we also offer the ability to asynchronously replicate to a bucket inside the same region. So if you, you want to create a development and a test environment from your production environment, as your production environment is getting updated inside that same region, you can have development and testment uh, environments mirror that by using same region replication. And that was a request for customers and we launched that a little while ago. Uh, so now for our financial and government customers, they've come back and said, love the cross-region replication, love the durability. 
that S3 provides by default and the great performance and low latency access. What we need for our compliance requirements for for the banking and, and government industries and others is we need guaranteed time control replication between regions. So we need to be able to go back to our compliance experts and say, hey, uh, we'll, we have an SLA from a service level agreement from AWS that this data replicates 99.99% of the time in 15 minutes or less. And that's one of the things we offer with the new time control replication service. I mean, reality is in all our replication products, they're usually replicated within seconds. But this is really a SLA that we provide to meet that requirement for those compliance. And in those industries, we also have worm storage available across our platforms as well. And that's important to those industries as well. Uh, And we're one of the few cloud providers that offer that. And Bill, I think you make a good point that the the SLA that we've uh, designed here, we're, we're providing for customers, is not based on sort of a finger in the air what we think it is. It's based on actual data of what we already do, and we're really formalizing that for those customers that need that formality. Yeah, and in addition to that, we're adding CloudWatch metrics uh, so you can validate the replication and replication time for your compliance requirements. So you can not only do we say it does it, you can prove that it does it and measure it. Fantastic. Let's move on to hybrid storage because you know many customers still have hybrid storage environments and you may be familiar with the AWS Storage Gateway. Now this is a hybrid cloud storage service that brings virtually unlimited cloud storage to data center or branch office edge environments. Its location gives customers applications low latency on-premises access to data in AWS and Storage Gateway stores data in native application formats so it avoids those extra management layers and proprietary data silos common with storage arrays and third-party gateway products which means you have a familiar management experience even on-premises. Now, the service provides cloud storage that works with existing applications in three specific ways, as a file share, as a virtual tape library, or as a block storage volume. Now, the team's been very busy on this one, Bill. What have they improved, added, given our customers to have access to now? Well, the tens of thousands of customers using Storage Gateway are pretty excited about the ability to have local high-performance hybrid storage and the ability to have sort of unlimited local storage because it's backed by the cloud. Also, another thing that our customers are excited about is the virtual tape interface that allows them to replace their tape libraries and just without changing anything, just copy data up to the cloud by repointing from their tape libraries to the virtual tape interface and have it go into deep archive. Those customers are, a lot of them are enterprise customers that have come back to us and said, hey, not only do do we need this locally and these features that you provided locally is we want high availability locally. So in the event that the hardware that uh, the storage gateway we've downloaded it to and is running on has any kind of issue, we want it to be resilient and failover. So we've enabled that by partnering with our friends at VMware to enable an HA version of the uh, storage gateway appliance that can run locally. In addition to that, we've added uh, CloudWatch monitoring to it and the ability to monitor that and, and manage it. Our enterprise customers also have come back and said, well, you know, we love the fact that storage gateway is always up to date. You're always updating and always patching it and always keeping it secure for us and managing it remotely like that. However, there's times when we have mission critical applications that are running and, and we don't want that to occur while we're running the application. So we want a maintenance window. And so we're, we've enabled them to have maintenance windows to do that. In addition, Customers have asked for more performance. So we've been working closely with customers and we've increased the performance on the tape uh, gateway about 3x to up to 2 gigabits per second. 
And on the file gateway, we worked hard to increase the local cache speeds to 4.8 gigabits per second. And the cache file access up to S3 or up to the backend store that you've chosen, because you can have uh, a different backend storage behind it to up to almost a gigabit per second there. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. That's about uh, four times faster than before on the file gateway. That's really exciting. Some some great performance improvements. And that's, that's one of those services that has evolved so much since you released it. I know I was looking at it for a customer the other day and I'm like, wow, you can see the objects on S3 without any uh, any metadata loss, et cetera. This, this opens up a whole lot of, uh, of opportunities. So it's uh, something worth looking at if you're operating in that environment. That's, that's true. And in addition to that, we have a, a hardware appliance as well that you can purchase with it preloaded if you don't want to download it and run it on your own hardware. Very handy. Now, one of the big challenges of storage is moving it around. And uh, it's funny when you think about the IT industry, we've been creating data and moving data for a long time. Yet when you sit down and say, I have a big hunk of data to move from point A to point B across this thing called the network. And you think, how hard can it be? And then you start trying to find tooling and optimizations and get the network uh, maxed out, et cetera. It becomes really, really hard. So the team created a service called AWS Data Sync. And this is a data transfer service that makes it easy for you to automate moving data between on-premises storage and Amazon S3 or Amazon Elastic File System EFS. DataSync automatically handles many of the tasks related to data transfers that can slow down those migrations or burden your IT operations, including running your own instances, handling encryption, managing scripts, network optimization, and data integrity validation. In fact, I'm having flashbacks to years past. You can use DataSync to transfer data at speeds up to 10 times faster than open source tools. And Bill, uh, the team has done some pretty cool things for our customers on this one. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting product. And what a lot of people don't realize is this is one of those products that's foundational to AWS as a whole. It runs behind the scenes all over the place to accelerate that we use internally to move data through throughout availability zones and regions inside AWS. And so we've made this available to customers so they can take advantage of a low-cost way to accelerate data over a network where where you have a, a client side and a server side environment that we manage for you and make that easy. One of the things we've done today is enabled this data sync task scheduling, uh, which lets you schedule your transfers between uh, NFS and S3 and EFS and things like that on-prem. And that's important for customers for just regular synchronization that occurs. And we have a lot of customers that are very excited about that. But another thing, of course, that's pretty exciting is we did a, a 68 percent price reduction uh, to make it even easier for people to move data in and out of AWS. So your costs are a flat fee of zero point zero one two five dollars per gigabyte. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's cheap. It's a one point two five cents. It's getting so small. It's almost too small to meet now. <laughs> I know. I know. It, 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 it's a, it's you know. It's like every time I, I talk about deep archive, it's a zero point zero 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 nine nine dollars per gigabyte per month for eleven nines durably stored. Uh, and uh, we're just again to have too many zeros out there. It's, it's, it's very exciting for. For our customers, though, uh, this is an important feature for them to keep their data synchronized from all different locations and really accelerate it. And you'll see it in more and more places, potentially on Outpost and other things as well coming. So it's, it's going to be pretty exciting there to see how data sync grows as people begin to understand what they can do with it. And the thing with the price reduction I really like is, you know, one of the things we, we really focus on at Amazon is optimizing the services that we build, making them run uh, faster, use less resources, et cetera. But a big part of that is when when we make something run better and be able to run cheaper, 
we pass those savings on to our customers. So, so clearly the, the data sync team did some really heavy lifting in the back end and then pass the savings yeah. on to our customers. Yeah, and speaking of heavy lifting, they're now available in all 20 regions outside of China and we'll continue to expand that as well. So it's exciting to see that continue to expand out. Oh, they've done some, some great work there. So we've talked a bit about moving data, we've talked about object data, we've talked about gateway data. So it would be remiss if we didn't talk about file data because uh, you know there are a lot of file systems out there. And AWS has the broadest portfolio of cloud-native file services, including the Elastic File System, FSx for Windows File Server, and FSx for Lustre. And I want to talk a bit about EFS because EFS, like S3, stripes its data across at least three availability zones, multiple facilities within those availability zones. And those are, of course, again, spread 10 to 60 kilometers apart. So what you've got is that amazing durability of storage built right in and able to be used automatically. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to set it up. You don't have to worry about if, a, if, a, if something happens in a particular zone, what's going to go on with my data. It's all fine. The good news is, Bill, that the EFS team have also been super busy in creating some some new capabilities throughout the year and some new announcements as well. Yes. Uh, again, very excited to see the growth there on the EFS because people can just lift and shift their NFS4 applications right on the EFS. And uh, over the year, we've enabled provisioned IOPS so they can name zero IOPS. We've reduced uh, latency and jitter down to the single digit millisecond response time which has had a lot of effect for our customers. But our customers came back and said, it's great you're on solid state. We, we'd like to have something for our colder data. So uh, earlier this year, we released the lifecycle management. And most of our customers see that about 70% of their data is, is a colder, where they can have a double-digit millisecond response time instead of single-digit millisecond response time. And they can move to sort of a hard disk tier there. So that's been very exciting for our customers. In addition to that, because of the demand we've had for EFS, we also are, are announcing today that that is available in all 20 regions except China as well. And we continue to roll that out everywhere. And in the future, I think uh, every new region will have EFS as, as part of its foundation services. So there's things that are kind of out of the box as soon as the region lights up, uh, you'll, you'll find that uh, familiar EFS service there. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I, I think that, that that's pretty exciting as well. It's just going to continue to to roll out everywhere and continue to expand. The other thing you're going to see is more and more and more features on EFS. And we're pretty excited about where that's going and more and more capabilities that our customers use and we get feedback. So, so look for many, many more releases and features enhancements on EFS as it grows. Now, I know a lot of customers uh, use the Windows platform and uh, Windows file systems are a big part of their environment. When we launched FSX for Windows, which is a fully managed NTFS file system built on Windows Server last year at reInvent, it was totally based on customer feedback and we've seen amazing momentum of customer adoption. And so we have an extensive list of new features that we're rolling out for FSX for Windows, which will be available in all 11 regions where FSX is available and there's a whole lot more coming into this year's reInvent. So the team sort of didn't uh, put their feet up after last year's reInvent. They've sort of been working hard. So, Bill, what have they got in store for us now? Yeah, so FSX is one of those exciting products in many ways, not just the Windows version, but also the high-performance Lustre version that we have out there. So, you know, FSX stands for File System X, where X can be any file system you want over time. And, and our customers tell us which file systems to do next. So look for more expansion there in the future. But as our customers have come to use Windows, they come up with a number of ex exciting, in my opinion, requirements for Windows. So FSX 
like block storage, are a basically single AZ storage system to provide microsecond latency. Remember, EFS and S3 are and, and Glacier are multi-AZ, where their data is spread across multiple availability zones. You do pay a price of latency there. So if you need microsecond latency, You've got it with FSX, and you also have it with EBS, which we'll talk about later. Uh, however, you get durability from that by snapshotting across multiple availability zones, or in this case, the ability to do native multi-AZ, one, two, or three replication using the Windows replication system, because uh, FSX for Windows is real, true Windows file system, uh, always 100% compatible. You can run any Windows product on top of it, even things like uh, Microsoft SQL Server, for example, and others. And so you no longer have to try to manage it yourself across multiple AZs. FSX will provide that for you. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see that that come out and become available for our customers. In addition to that, we're launching a smaller initial file size that you can expand upon. And then we're offering data deduplication as well. That'll save a lot of customers about 50% and most file shares there. This is a great product for uh, home directories and other things like that as well. We're giving them a fine-grained uh, enforcement of transit encryption and the ability to use a PowerShell to do basic uh, synchronization and migration applications on top of it or execution on top of it. So it's pretty exciting as well. It is, and it really uh, opens up a lot more options for people, particularly at different scales. So that minimum file size, for example, uh, used to be 300 gig was the, the sort of the starting point. Now it's 32 gig. Uh, so customers have said, hey, I don't need quite that big a file size. So uh, can we have a smaller file? And now you do, which is very, very good. Yeah, I, yeah it's a great lift and shift product for, for moving uh, any Windows file system into AWS and then having a choice to have it be durable across one, two, or three availability zones, depending upon uh, your latency requirements, costs, and other things for configuration. Also, that data deduplication will make a big difference for our customers. Yeah, big time. Now, let's move to our old friend, the Elastic Block Store, EBS. And EBS has had so many great updates to it. It's had uh, encryption at rest. It's had different performance profiles, different size maximums, etc. cetera. Uh, it's really kind of a foundational thing that many customers use each and every day and kind of don't think about it that much because it just does its job happily. However, Bill, uh, this uh, an update or a new capability I think is going to be super exciting for our customers because it really does make life easier and that's always a good thing. What do we got? Yeah, so, so one of the things that the block storage team have been working on very diligently as we continue to improve our performance capabilities is the ability to do uh, snapshot restores 10x faster than before. And that really increases the ability for, for customers to do more testing, more flexibility, and also have a better feel for how fast they can restore something if they need to from a snapshot. Uh, and a lot of customers have demanded that because it, it's just one of those things when you're running high performance or, or critical applications that uh, if you corrupt your database, you make any kind of mistake at all, the ability to, to bring it back 10 times faster is, is a big deal. In addition to that, you can uh, restore up to 10 volumes concurrently in just a matter of seconds without any increase of IO latency. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing capability. And uh, if you've ever spent any time working in the storage domain, these things are hard. <laughs> like to make this happen yeah. without effect is really, really tricky. And yeah. uh, it, it's it's just there now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's exciting to see. And and you know, as you can see across all of our products, we continue to invest heavily in improving performance. 
uh, improving features, flexibility, and reducing cost. And when we reduce costs, we pass that on to you, uh, our customers. So we're, we're, we're always excited about working with customers on features. As you mentioned earlier, we get our feature requests from our customers and we build those features based on what the customers demand. So, you know, don't be silent in your requests. Uh, we're very excited to, to, to be working with all of our great customers. Uh, and it's just such an expansive uh, growth of storage. It, it, it's amazing to see and what people will do with it between machine learning, analytics, all those kinds of things. Storage is the new gold out there. So it, it's pretty important to most businesses. And that's, I think, been one of the exciting parts about the storage services that customers use on AWS is, is we kind of don't know what they're going to do with it. You know, so we sort of create these, these yeah. frameworks, these APIs, these fundamental building blocks. And then you go meet with a customer and they've done, you know, genomic analysis or they've solved this particular problem that and you're like wow this you know we wouldn't have done that <laughs> but it's great <laughs> yeah 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 it's exciting it's like you'll see things with the snowball edge products where they're doing machine learning on the edge on on high performance analytics on video as it comes in or they're doing movie shoots and and, and shipping the data in or they're operating on ships or airplanes or in submarines and oil rigs and places like that you never thought it would be or inside of mines it's just fascinating to see all the things uh, uh, people do with our different products and all the things that are built on top of S3 uh, all over the world today and with so many different companies running on it. It's just, it's really exciting to see. And it's nice to see these products all get well integrated together and, and trying to provide a seamless interface across all of them as we can. And of course, on December 2nd through the 6th in Las Vegas, Nevada, we have a great event for our customers called reInvent, where people from all around the world get together to talk about the things they're doing and would like to do with the AWS cloud. And they get to meet a whole lot of Amazonians and tell them what they think, what they like, what they don't like, what they want improved, etc. And of course, I guess, Bill, plenty of people from the storage side will be there talking about these capabilities yeah. and many more. And we'll have many, many storage breakouts along with lots of other breakouts uh, and a lot more exciting announcements too there. So uh, don't miss it. It'll, it'll be fun to be there. Definitely. And Bill, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing with us all the highlights from uh, AWS Storage Day. Lots of cool things there. The team have done well and I know you're uh, uh, always happy to, to hear from customers and hear what they want and you, you do your best to, to make sure they get it quickly and uh, at a cost they like. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.